0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The lights they were dimming, his ego no more. The arrogant fool asleep on the floor. A new champion stood
1: as man of the house. And the 10 foot tall man was now small as a mouse. The hero had conquered and saved the day. Good night, Wendy, and little Annie, and night night, AJ. As
0: if they don't have too much on their place. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, Podcast John and Wade. Talk about the things they did that day. We'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H.
1: Rewind a smack down, we wind a smack down. We wanna smack down, 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 we want to smack down. Hello everybody, and welcome to Rewind a SmackDown. I'm John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting. Back with you on this Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. How are you doing, Way? Doing okay. Yeah, um bit of a headache today.
0: I know oh. I am. I'm, I'm not usually the type to complain so much about headaches, but I really felt one today and I w- really wonder why. So, a um, bit of a headache. Uh, I, tend, I, I, I realize now these kind of uh, early portions of the show are, are just as much about, uh, I think, our physical updates as they are anything.
1: Yeah. Did, did John and Way make it through another week? That's kind of our update. <laughs> if you hear our voices, are they still alive? We've already won. <laughs> You know, I was thinking about this today. The I've talked about it in the past, but every so often I'll get an awful migraine. I get maybe two of them a year, and it's just unbelievably awful. Mm. And the last one I had was exactly one year ago, and I remembered the date of September the twelfth, and it was a night that I. It was the worst. Just I went to work that morning, and it was so bad. I just got up and left. I went home and I tried to sleep for the entire day. I just was crippled. I could not do anything and I knew there was an episode of Smackdown I had to watch that night because we recorded our shows Wednesday morning. Oh, just the worst.
0: Well, I mean again, I have to
1: commend you for your incredible recall of specific dates. Um, I would this, never This be one able. I remembered because it was just it was just so awful, and I, I remembered it being the day after uh, September the 11th last year.
0: Wow, okay. Well, let's hope it's not an annual thing. Uh, at least it's not for you, but
1: maybe it'll bounce back and forth between oh, us. Could you imagine? Have I just yeah. jinxed things as we are just uh, two hours away from September the 12th? No. do
0: but, but this is actually a significant date for us because, uh, of course, the first re- review away came out on September 11th. Did it
1: not? Was that the date it came out on? I feel like i live cuz grand zero. It, uh yeah, yeah, it was. So I don't know if this was the exact date it came out on. You oh, you're probably okay. right. I actually I don't know that date. So look at that.
0: That's why I feel so sick. Man. We've been doing this for 9 years. So does this count as an anniversary? Well, I mean, we we kind of have a have a new anniversary. You know how like you meet somebody and you're dating, that's kind of like one anniversary, but then you get married,
1: it's like a different anniversary date. We didn't get married to them though. We had a divorce, and we went and met someone. Uh, we 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 fell in love like, with uh, with ourselves. We thought, man, okay. we were in we were in this relationship, and it was just going too long. Yeah. and we just ended it, and now they ended couldn't it, be they happier. They. So,
0: it, let's be honest: it was a relationship where neither of us were really happy, and then it just took one person to end it before the other.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's not you, it's me. You know what? It, that's cool. Let's <laughs> let's just go on our separate ways. September 13th was the first uh, review. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. September 13th. Close So, so look at that. Yes. Mm. That was our first ever review. It was all of like 35 minutes. I can't believe you and I reviewed a three-hour pay-per-view. You and I, who can't shut up now, did that in 35 minutes. I, imagine, I haven't lis-
0: gone back to listen to that show. I imagine like the notes weren't nearly as meticulous. Um, you know, No. Uh,
1: which there, there was I, no expectation. I don't think we, we planned for anyone to listen to it, so it was probably very brief. I have no idea. I, I went back once and listened to it. The audio sounded really poor mm. by our standards. Right. Okay, well, uh, that's
0: fun. I, I guess also the birth of the Scott Putsky Award on that date. That is right. Scott that means Putzke. a year from now, it'll be the ten-year anniversary of the Scott Putsky Award. Jesus,
1: imagine that! Wow. Well, well, what a what a a significant uh, day in John Pollock and Waiting history. Uh, mm. September the thirteenth is two thousand nine. Yeah. Do you remember anything else from two thousand nine? What was going on in your world? Um. Honestly, no. It it doesn't feel like it was.
0: It felt that feels like a long time ago. Yeah. At the same time, it doesn't. So, um, yeah, sorry. Not right now. Give me a second.
1: You know it is the, the crazier one is the fact that come uh, – it would have been July of 2010 that with the rare exception when one of us has been away, which has not been too often, think of all those Monday nights you have sat down to watch Raw with notes being taken with – Times being uh calculated yeah it's
0: it's approaching cool. like a
1: it's a quarter of my life <laughs> that's insane, and it's even more now with the three hours, which is man unbelievable we're we're having a really retrospective moment here just it's looking kinda, at, i
0: mean it's kind of become like a routine thing that I really don't mind that much anymore, you know, especially now it's like it's it's a job like it's i don't i don't think of it. Like, wow, I've been doing this for that long. It's like, you know, you, you probably get up, like some people get up and they work out every single day and they probably don't think that much of it.
1: You I, don't, I, I don't, I don't do that.
0: Watch raw. Yeah. That's my workout.
1: No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, you're right. That's a good way to describe it. Just part of your routine. I don't ever, you know, it's, it's rare that I'm like, oh, I got this to watch tonight. It's like, you know, it's part probably your, your job. I enjoy chatting with you. That's like the, the yeah. prize at the end of a really crappy raw. If it's really bad, I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because yeah. Then
0: it's I like get to bitch with you buddy. about it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's like you and I are there in the gym and there's uh, someone with awful form and you and I are just the jerks that are laughing at them.
0: <laughs> We're actually,
1: in that analogy, we'd be the people who would just go to the gym to
0: make fun of people and we wouldn't work out at all <laughs> ourselves. That'd be like a funny YouTube series. Yeah. Hey, Let's you just... want to
1: go to the gym today?
0: Sure. <laughs> just sitting there with like our chips and making fun of the people actually working out.
1: One of my favorite ECW vignettes, just to bring it back to wrestling, was at the start of the Heat Wave 2000 pay-per-view. And this was when the Blue Meanie had lost weight. So he wasn't as big as, you know, he he was. But he was still the Blue Meanie. And he's there with uh, Jasmine St. Clair on the beach. And he goes up to this dude who's just, like, ripped on the beach. And he just looks down with disgust. And he says to Jasmine, look at this fat piece of shit. (laughs) And it was just uh, high comedy, I thought. Well, that's great. It's kind
0: of like Asuka making fun of somebody else for having a bad accent.
1: Man, I thought that was pretty smart. Did we not just talk about... uh, the Tempura Boys, and then tonight, they're chatting about teriyaki? Uh, yeah, yeah. Though I, I wouldn't necessarily say
0: the two are, are related. E-
1: they Should are I? related because on the New Japan show that we just reviewed, Jim Ross accidentally called them the teriyaki boys, and then we were discussing that. Okay, I guess so. I guess teriyaki is just kind of one of those commonly heard Japanese phrases that people will often mistake. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, Lots to come. Uh, Let's chat a bit about uh, This Week on the Sightway. Um, Is this the only show we have this week? I don't think so. (laughs) And I guarantee you this won't be 35 minutes. I feel like this chat's already been This is my third show in 24 hours because I chatted with WH this morning. So that one is coming out Wednesday. So I've done a lot of talking in the last 24 hours. Yeah, over
0: the last week. I mean, you just did a UFC 228 review that's up on the site right now. Of course. Oh, that feels night, like months ago R- now. Yes. Yeah. We did Rewind to Raw last night. And on the site to like in the next 24 hours, get ready. Like, especially you truck drivers out there, you're going to be in for a treat. Because not only do we have this edition of Rewind to down that you're listening to, John has the uh, post pro rest with WH Park coming out tomorrow. And you, you guys will be talking about
1: what? Oh, man, we went through so much stuff. We're looking ahead to all of the big destruction cards that are coming up this month. Uh, The recent tag match with the Golden Lovers against uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Will Ospreay. We're chatting about uh, Hideo Itami's return to pro wrestling Noah earlier this month for his match with uh, Naomichi Marafuji. The Yoshihiro Takayama Benefit Show. Stardom's five-star Grand Prix. Uh, All Japan's recent show with uh, Zeus defending the Triple Crown against uh, Shuji Ishikawa. Uh, A packed, packed show with WH. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Uh, But if that's not even enough, if you're one of those truck drivers and you're driving from what? like uh, Uh, Alaska to Alberta. Or even Toronto to Chicago. I know that's a long (laughs) ride. (laughs) Depends which uh, way. We'll we'll have the double shot out for you
1: on the Post Wrestling Cafe. Yes, we are going to be chatting. uh, I will be chatting about last week's Lucha Underground episode. Which, I promise you folks, I'm never going to review a Lucha Underground that I don't feel is worth your time. uh, Or mine. Uh, In addition, Way and I are going to both discuss this past weekend's uh, Ring of Honor television, which featured the 30-minute Iron Man match between Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. And uh, Way, you're also going to be reviewing a comic.
0: Yeah, I've been tasked with the job of reviewing this Rey Mysterio comic book that we received. It is called Rey Mysterio. It is being published by uh, it, I, I actually, I will, uh, I don't have the name of the publisher in front of me, but it is a part of the MAST Republic Lucha verse. Uh, so it's a comic book starring Rey Mysterio and I will talk about it. Our first comic book review.
1: All right. Um, are we discussing being the elite on the show at all or
0: no? I think we could briefly mention kind of what, what, what they're up to. They're taking a bit of a hiatus, uh, but we could talk about the last edition of that show as well as maybe the last edition of, uh, uh, the, the, the
1: fallout from Nick Aldis and Cody. Wonderful. Okay, so that's all on the double shot. Go now. Patreon.com slash post wrestling or just go postwrestlingcafe.com. Very easy to sign up and you get that bonus show. Then we have uh on Thursday, we're gonna have Up Next Slash Forever Young with Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. They're gonna be reviewing this week's NXT, this week's May Young Classic episode number 2 and they will be joined by female wrestler Dahlia Black to chat about the May Young Classic as well. So they've got a guest this week. That's
0: amazing. I love mm-hmm. that name Forever Young. I think it's brilliant. Um and I love the fact that they swap. So like Brayden typically leads up next, but on Forever Young the May Young Review, you have Davey leading. So I I think those guys are are
1: great and uh except uh, for Brayden who gave me this terrible cold. Well, he's not perfect, but uh, good for them. Getting a a guest this week, so you can Mm. check that out. On Friday, we've got the return of Rewind Away. I don't know how well this one's going to be received. What do you mean? I don't know. I just, I'm always skeptical about the MMA reviews, but we've got UFC 194 that Way and I are going to be reviewing featuring Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor. Uh, Maybe we should watch the entire fight when we review it. Oh, okay. Sure. We could probably watch it five times. We could probably watch it... <laughs> five times? Dude, we... A <laughs> hundred times, really. <laughs> it's a very short fight. uh. But I'm really looking forward to catching up with Robin Black. He's going to stop by because, uh, along with Way, uh, they covered this show in Las Vegas back in December of 2015, and Robin Black did a, a pretty well-circulated interview with Conor McGregor in the days leading up to that fight because Conor McGregor outlined how he was going to beat jose aldo so we'll chat with robin on that show and that features our espresso executive producer joshua martin who has selected ufc 194 he actually is, can't uh, make it he's like he's he's uh he's out
0: um doing some very important stuff it sounds like so uh joshua oh. won't be able to make it but in his place will be
1: robin black so hopefully okay so shoot. he's got a surrogate on the show
0: yeah Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, Also Friday for our Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso members, Way and I are going to be sitting down. We're going to watch the 1998 Hell in a Cell match between The Undertaker and Mick Foley. Uh, I'm going to have my head in my hands. I'm going to be shaking my head and uh, probably bringing up points I have made many, many times prior. Uh, We're going to sit through the Hell in a Cell, which uh, the WWE is celebrating its 20th anniversary three months later. And that is going to be available uh, in video form. The match rewatch that a lot of people are debating what we should call this thing. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that match
0: in its entirety. And, uh, uh, I mean, so much of it, I think, has already been talked about. But I feel like watching it live, mm-hmm, it'll be a different experience. And especially before the, the special coming out on Sunday. I think. It's Do you think that's times. a more famous match than Brett and Sean at the Survivor Series? Brett and Sean at the Survivor Series. Um, hmm. I I do. I do. I mean, if we're talking about the match itself, because like, I feel like Bretton and Sean is more about the controversy after the match or maybe during the end of that match. Um, but as far as like...
1: F- uh, famous is a hard word to describe, yeah. but I would say this is just totally anecdotal that if I walked down the street and ran up to 15 people... And ask them uh, about Mick Foley versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. I feel one of them would know what I'm talking about. And Bret and Shawn, I don't know it, that in, in wrestling uh, that was a historically significant match, and yeah, was very very famous. Maybe maybe it is even more than the Hell in a Cell, but I feel that. I think it also. I, I would imagine so many people have seen at least a highlight of yeah. Jim Ross's call of the big bumps in yeah. that match.
0: I think it depends where you're asking to. I think you know, obviously, in Canada, maybe a lot more people might be familiar with the Bret Hart story than um, the uh, the other one. But I I would probably still lead towards Hell in a Cell. But you know, it's an interesting case because I would say neither of them are necessarily matches that you think of in total. They're more like specific incidents. You know, with with the screw job, it's like it's the the sharpshooter at the end, and then with the Foley thing, it really is just those two spot those those two falls through and off the cage that you think about. Like I wouldn't consider necessarily either of those mm, things I would refer to as complete matches. The way I would like a Brett versus Steve Austin, for instance. Right.
1: So that's coming up on Friday. We'll we'll have that out for you. On Saturday, new edition of Eggshells is coming your way. Chris Charlton, he is up to the year 2001 and he's going to be joined by Rich uh Kreitsch from voices of wrestling who we just met who in we Chicago. just
0: met a very nice man rich so yeah happy to have
1: him on the on the on the network great and then sunday it is oh sorry saturday man this is a very packed week saturday way and i will have a special a uh, bonus show for members of the post wrestling cafe with a review of the destruction card taking place in uh hiroshima this weekend with kenny omega and tomohiro Ishii for the iwgp heavyweight title yeah lot of wrestling this weekend. And then Sunday, it's Hell in a Cell day. We will have our usual review after the show. But for those uh, that are part of the double double and above uh, tiers of our Patreon, we will be doing a live video stream of our review. So you will be given login information. And as soon as Hell in a Cell ends, you can log in and you can watch us do our review of the show. Uh, If not, you can just wait till afterwards and download the show for free, uh, like usual.
0: Yeah, so John and I typically, um, we will review these shows, and, and we'll kind of like, uh, it, like, essentially, it'll be just a, a camera into our live session. Like, you know, mistakes and all, eh, although we're kind of perfect, so we probably won't make any mistakes. None. Um, but, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, hopefully it's, it's an experiment, and uh, why don't you guys check it out? It'll be tremendous. So there you go. Uh, you can go postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. And I know everyone is stopping by postwrestling.com on an uh, hourly basis. We're going to go through some of the news items from today. Uh, starting off with, uh, did you watch this interview that Renee Young did with uh, Via Trinidad, Zelina Vega? I haven't watched it, but I mean, Ooh. I know
0: her story. She's, she's done yeah. things like this from, on, uh, when she was in TNA.
1: Yeah, yeah. A number of years ago, I think it was 2011, TNA actually had a pay-per-view on 9-11, and they did like a little ceremony at the beginning and involved her as well. So if you're not familiar, um, and I I highly encourage you to watch this interview, it's very emotional. Uh, She talks in length about her father who died in the World Trade Center that day uh, when, when Thea was 10 years old, and she describes her father calling home, I guess- her parents were separated at the time but still you know obviously still very close with children uh her father called her mother and her mother's like obviously very frantic and trying to explain to him to just get down take the stairs and she's explaining he was on the 103rd floor and he knew he was not going to be getting out of the building uh, it's just—it's a very—it's—it's it's not a very uh, long clip. It's only about six or seven minutes, but man, it's a—it's a really emotional interview of her talking about this. And her dad was such a huge pro wrestling fan, like he idolized The Rock. So when Thea Trinidad eventually got to meet Dwayne Johnson, she got to talk to him about her father, and she described the fact that Dwayne Johnson now knows. My dad's name, like he would be so Mm. excited about this that The Rock knows my dad's name now. So it's, uh, you know, uh, a very, very emotional interview, um, this Mm -hmm. being the uh, 17 years since uh,
0: 9-11. Yeah, I mean, really incredible story. And I I look forward to, I mean, seeing how the WWE, um, I guess, uh, um, tells it uh at the le- in this video I, I it's also one of those things you know very much like like how Rhonda rousey has always kind of described her trauma uh as it relates to her her father's death i mean i'm sure it's it's a- incredibly difficult for somebody to continually have to bring up and talk about um and this you know hopefully i think for 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 thea trinidad this is maybe like a definitive version of this story that's out there so that she won't have to just like constantly be asked about it in the future unless I mean of course she unless she wants to constantly talk about it you know but anyway it's it's one of those kind of uh interesting things I'm glad I'm really happy that that story's out there it sounds like it's a kind of uplifting I guess in the end
1: yeah I know she's on Lillian Garcia's podcast this week I haven't listened to that but I would imagine given that it just came out this week that that's probably a topic that's yeah. in there yeah Um, We mentioned on Monday that CMLL, uh, their anniversary card, is going down on Friday night. It's going to be streaming on Honor Club. And what's interesting is that Impact is going down to Mexico City to tape television on Thursday and Friday night. And they are, uh, the venue they're running is 10 minutes away from Arena Mexico, where the CMLL show is going to be taking place from. This is probably the worst night in Mexico to run a wrestling show like this and mm. triple mania would probably be dates you would want to avoid. But here's a uh, even more, more strange part to all of this. Like impact has a relationship with triple a, uh, not with CMLL and Pentagon junior and Phoenix are working both shows on Friday. Wow. So they That's will, they are teaming uh, with a, Diamante Azul against Caristico, El Hio de L.A. Park, and L.A. Park on the anniversary card. And they're either going to be coming from Impact or going to Impact afterwards. These shows are not, it's not as though they're even running uh, different times at all. Like they are running head to head with one another. So uh, it I, honestly I, feels like those two are
0: working every show everywhere. Like yeah. I hear those names everywhere. And um, I, I, I. I mean, it's not that unusual when you consider during WrestleMania weekend, you have guys traveling throughout the city all the time doing this exact same thing. So I imagine they'll work early on one of the shows and then just get in the car, get to the other one before the other.
1: Yeah, it's more so that here's CMLL and you've got this, uh, I don't know if they'd consider impact an adversary, but they're coming into their home market running 10 minutes away with a competing product. And we've got our talent on that show as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I imagine maybe the the nature of those contracts in in either case, either Impact or CMLL,
1: a uh, house or something like that. Just imagine, uh, Drew Gulak. He's working the the WrestleMania kickoff, and he's like, guys, I I got to get going. I got to have my match over because I'm I'm doing a uh, I'm doing Evolve uh, tonight as well. It's not the perfect analogy, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't
1: know if it would be Drew Gulak, um, but. <laughs> hmm. Uh, what else do we have going on here? We have uh, Bola is going down this weekend in Los Angeles. That should be a lot of fun. Some great uh, talent there. Uh, CM Punk was on Ariel Hawani show on Monday. Uh, this was his first interview since UFC 225 in June when he lost to Mike Jackson. He's been doing a bunch of movie projects, including he was up here for a while in Toronto filming a horror movie. So he was asked about his future fighting, and he said he's going to, decide before the end of the year and he admitted that you know i probably should be cut by the ufc i mean he doesn't seem to have any uh he's not disillusioned to his his status with the ufc after the fight with mike jackson but said that you know he's he's open to fighting elsewhere it sounds like um he was invited to go to all in but said it was more of a vague kind of if you'd like to show up you should kind of thing. And there was like no specifics. It didn't seem like there was any kind of hard sell. No money offer. Like. Yeah. It was more like, Hey, There's like a ticket. Not even that. It just seemed like, you know, they were trying to gauge punk's interest. And if he showed some interest in doing it, then they'd probably sit down and hash out an idea. But punk w- didn't sound receptive to it at all. And he was shooting that day anyway. And when he, uh, the same day, so when he was asked about wrestling, it was interesting. He looks at pro wrestling now as like his lifeline. Like this, he called it an escape hatch. And he's not interested in anything to do with pro wrestling at the moment. And, you know, he said this way back about the idea that if he ever went back to WWE, he would consider himself, you know, a failure. And I think that's kind of how he's just viewing wrestling now, that it's, it's this option that's always there for him, but it's almost like a signal like, he couldn't make it elsewhere, and he seems pretty steadfast in not entertaining anything to do with pro wrestling at least that's what he sounded like in this interview
0: hmm i yeah i think I think it's interesting I think it's i mean at this point, even as a fan, I don't know if I'd really be interested in seeing a man after saying something like this want to come back. I don't want to see a guy you know come in to do something. That he clearly is not passionate about anymore, that he doesn't see as a challenge anymore, and that he kind of sees as, as his past rather than, you know, something he's actually excited by. So, I, I mean, I think probably, you know, Punk, it seemed like in that initial interview with Ariel earlier this year before his fight, it seemed like he had some, maybe still, still had some interest, at least it seemed like to me um maybe even at least from a financial standpoint like he was almost inviting people to make some serious offers for him in order to come back to pro wrestling now it does that doesn't even seem to be the case at all i understand in this interview he even shut down uh new japan uh, or at least like talks of new japan so uh i i mean i'm hoping you know fans i think will always maybe at some point cheer but i i, I think over the past year those of you have even been dying down um and i feel like this interview might just be the last thing that'll kind of really uh diminish those
1: yeah i i think that there's this this love hate deal that many people have with cm punk i think that they look at man this guy has so much that he could i mean what you're seeing in professional wrestling at the moment this was everything this guy talked about uh, of what he wanted to see um you know, his vision of pro wrestling really play itself out. And now it seems the the table is set that this guy could make uh, this guy could be a massive difference maker if he were to come back and go in opposition to the WWE. Mm-hmm. And I give this guy credit that, the, you know, he could easily cash in on a ton in professional wrestling. And he doesn't opt to do that like he just did that signing uh all in weekend which apparently he did very very well for that one day of of signing like there's clearly um Mm -hmm. you know a fandom for him he could walk in and he would be a major player um and he chooses not to and I I think that you know if he's not passionate about it I I commend the guy for you know sticking to his you know his desires and is not interested in pro wrestling he's keeping
0: consistent I think as you know being at least publicly, seeming like a, a man of real integrity uh, when it comes to things like that.
1: He doesn't tease anything. He's not screwing around with people. He doesn't put, like, cryptic tweets up or anything like that. Like, he's just, I'm done. I, I'm walking away. I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see how you can be negative towards that if he's got other things he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, lo- look at the what he went through during that, that first UFC fight. And granted, I, I don't think he should have been brought back for another UFC fight but I do give him credit that he went through all of that again and going through that uh, on such a large stage. There are many people that would never imagine uh, doing that again. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like,
0: I mean, if he's serious about continuing his MMA career, um, he's probably going to have to fight on some smaller shows. I wouldn't even, I mean, if a Bellator, I'm sure would, would, would be more than willing
1: to pick pick him up. Oh, Um, every promotion would jump on the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I I just... I I don't don't want to see another fight like that Mike Jackson fight. And to me, it's like that... Mike Jackson was the lowest level opponent you could find for CM Punk that... Mm. You know, this guy, it's... This is not like a cash grab. This is a guy that you can see genuinely wants to fight. I think he should put himself in the best opportunity for success. And it's not being on pay-per-view. I mean, financially, yeah, I understand the predicament he finds himself in, that it's very hard to do all this when they're offering you such large amounts of money. But if your true passion is to advance your career and get better at this, I don't think the UFC is the place that you should be, you know, testing yourself out. No, absolutely
0: not. But, you know, like you mentioned, it's kind of like... uh it, it, I mean, promotions that hire him are kind of in a tough position because they're probably going to pay him a lot of money, and therefore you have to kind of see some investment on your return by putting yep. this guy on your pay-per-views or on your TV shows or whatnot. And if you're seeing Punk, like, you know, you're not stupid. Like, you only have so many fights every sev- several years, so you have to kind of take that money. And so he's kind of being forced to put put himself into these very high-pressure situations. I mean, either way, I I I, I just... I. I think th- clearly this guy is like really into MMA. He really wants to have a somewhat success some success in it. I, 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 I'm hoping that he like branches out into other things too beyond MMA. I understand he's doing a lot more TV and acting
1: now. Yeah, he's been doing movies. he's hosting this Netflix Ultimate Beastmasters and yeah. he's involved in comics. Like that seems to be what he is more or less going to be segueing to beyond fighting rather than another wrestling run that i'm more curious to see
0: to be honest more more so than his mma career right now is how well he does as an actor because i think by from all accounts like he seems like a wrestler who would perfectly translate to to the to the movie screen um but we'll see how well he does I'm sorry there's a printer going on uh right next to me i don't know if you guys can hear that
1: no it just sounds like you're at work you sound like you're you're very busy maybe okay. you're printing off his next uh, screenplay <laughs> yes All right, well, let's get into SmackDown from Tuesday night. Lafayette, Louisiana, at the Cajun Dome. And at the start of the show, they did an 11-bell salute for the victims of 9-11. And then just went right into Jeff Hardy's entrance. He comes out, and he got into the ring, and he grabbed the microphone. We got a live Jeff Hardy monologue. Demons are all around us. He says... Those demons are taunting us, tearing us apart, and he's had to overcome them in his life to become a better man. The only way to cleanse those demons is to face them head-on, and on Sunday he faces his most venomous demon and will confront him in his version of paradise, hell in a cell. Randy Orton doesn't know what it's like to face someone who has fought back from their own hell so many times. He's a daredevil with no fear, and he has prepared his entire life for this match and he will unleash a lifetime of torment and suffering until Randy fades away and classifies himself as obsolete tonight he cleanses another demon from his past in Shinsuke Nakamura and then i'm going straight to hell enjoy the show <laughs> only jeff hardy could do this promo oh it is so true yeah um, there is no one, there is no one else in this industry that can do this promo beyond Jeff Hardy.
0: You know, I don't even think the Finn Balor demon could cut a promo like this. No way. It would seem like no way. that natural. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I think this like crazy Jeff Hardy type of promo, like I enjoyed this a lot more than I did Triple H's, you know, um, I'm going to beat you Undertaker type of promo on Raw. Like, I think it's a style that certainly works for Jeff. He can get away with sounding like an alien because... He looks like an alien, and uh I buy it. I really do buy it. I believe that this dude is so in his head and so out there that these are the natural words that are coming out of his mouth uh It doesn't feel like it's necessarily written for him. It feels like he's the one doing the writing, and therefore i I genuinely get into it he He did a callback to the to the uh obsolete theme song thing, and I noticed maybe only a smaller portion of this audience kind of caught that reference um. You know, at this point, I think everybody knows the delete chant, but I think the theme song from that whole TNA run is still a bit more of a deep cut that maybe much of this seemingly more casual crowd didn't catch.
1: Yeah, Matt Hardy just put up this Q&A video on YouTube, and he's just taking all these questions, and he's asked about—I uh, I can't remember what the question was, but uh, it was like, did you prefer Broken Matt Hardy or Woken Matt Hardy? Oh, no, really? <laughs> Okay. And I'm just like here's Matt Hardy who's been like auditioning for a producer role and mm-hmm. I'm just expecting to hear him just, you know, praise how how much bigger the platform is now with this. No, he was pretty much saying like yeah, you know, a lot of people were disappointed with uh woken Matt Hardy and uh, you know, uh I can understand that. There's a lot of differences in WWE. I don't have all the uh, in TNA, I had complete control of this character. In WWE, complete creative control does not exist, and you have to be mindful of sponsors. and. He said all P- this? Yes, he said wow. all of this in this video. You have to be mindful of being PG, and he didn't have all the control over the Woken, Matt Hardy character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought uh, as honest an assessment as you're going to get from a WWE contracted talent about, you know, a gimmick that really did not come anywhere close to uh, its previous incarnation, and it, it was just interesting. Some Like, he's choosing these questions to take, and one of them is, would you ever go back to Impact and Ring of Honor? And he was smart with the way he worded it in saying, you know, I want to end my career in WWE. That is the best-case scenario but I also know that sometimes the best-case scenarios don't play themselves out, and then I'm not going to lie, I could envision myself going back to Impact or uh, ROH for, uh, you know, one-offs and having a limited schedule like Chris Jericho does. So, mm. yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting, but, you know, you could certainly read between the lines that the, the Woken character certainly did not hit his expectations in WWE.
0: Well, you know, the man can be very outspoken when he wants to. And I mean, I, 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 if you're watching this, I, I don't think you can be all that surprised that he's probably himself not all that pleased with how things have necessarily turned out for for his run. That said, like, even if he's not wrestling, I feel like there's still a lot of life to having a character like that around. Like, that is, I think, the perfect type of character you would have as a manager of a potentially you know, tag team or, or a young, younger talent. Uh, he could do a bunch of vignettes still and not have to take a bump at all. So I, I, I certainly
1: don't think it's it could it's the end. of You it. have to imagine though that now looking at the way things are, can you envision that character in the Scott Demore Don Callis led Impact Wrestling? Yes, I can. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like he he would be like that's a drastic difference from the Jeff Jarrett Impact Wrestling that he left mm-hmm. that. You know, he got this great return in WWE. But, I mean, if he's looking at continuing uh, to wrestle with that character, it just seems like that would fit in so naturally to the Impact presentation today as opposed to a year ago. Do you think he would get paid as much, though? Oh, he would not. Uh, that That's kind of, you're, you're turning in, uh, you know, financial compensa- compensation for creative uh, fulfillment mm-hmm. that I think he would get. More so in in impact, um, right. and also being able to have you know his own schedule and being able to you know he did he did well outside of WWE. It's not like this guy was uh, you know hurting at all. Like he was someone. This is a guy that saved his money, at least not and, financially.
0: But we, I mean, he had to wrestle some pretty hard matches when he was out there.
1: Yeah, but he didn't have to do them every week. He could right. be very select. He could be very selective, and. With WWE, I mean, it comes with its positives and its negatives. Mm -hmm. So getting back uh, here, we have uh, Shinsuke Nakamura out. And the match begins. Jeff Hardy hit an axe handle off the apron with his hands, not with a uh, store-bought item. Apparently, uh, like, it's a thing.
0: Axe handles. Yeah, I guess. Also, I don't know if you heard about this today, John. Hurricanes are a well-known drink. Get out out of here. Did someone point that out to you? Uh, yeah. Well, one I think.
1: Yeah. No. Thank, Thank you, you. To, uh, no. to the seventy-eight of you out there. No, I appreciate it. I do.
0: I learn something every every time.
1: Yes, I, I I've never heard of those. Uh, it sounds like it's a it's a New Orleans specialty. I would love like to hands. have one with a beignet next time. We will we will definitely do it. So, uh Tom Phillips, did you notice he was a stat machine on this show? He had so many statistics. He mentioned that only Triple H and The Undertaker have had more Hell in a Cell matches than Randy Orton. Okay, cool. Yeah, Nakamura got in control. Hardy fought away from a, a guillotine. Then Nakamura's driving knees into his side. Graves says this could stop Jeff Hardy's momentum. And if Jeff Hardy loses tonight, he shouldn't even show up on Sunday. That's what a loss to Nakamura could could do to him. Nakamura kneed him off a vertical suplex attempt. Hardy came back, whispering in the wind, uh, this crowd, it took a while for them to get into this, uh, and it wasn't until Jeff Hardy's kind of final sequence uh, and the loss of his shirt. Maybe that's what was harnessing them. Uh, took his shirt off. Everyone's yelling. Goes to the top, and then we got the the Randy Orton uh, shove out of nowhere. This is the new meme. Shove Knocking a of guy here. off balance out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, he doesn't he do ra- the
0: RKO anymore.
1: No. I kind of like that he's not doing I it anymore. I love it, yes. He uh, The DQ is called. He rams Jeff's head into the steps repeatedly, attacked him with a chair. He teases the RKO, but it's blocked. And then Hardy lands his own chair shots, a twist of fate, and a swanton, leaving Randy Orton laying. Mm-hmm. This was our first example of the babyface getting one up on the heel going into the pay-per-view on Sunday that I thought was a little backwards, but... Um yeah, th- this match didn't do a whole lot for me. I thought this crowd was kind of sitting on their hands for most of it, and this, I don't know, it just didn't seem all that inspired to me.
0: I think there's always a pretty high baseline as far as like crowd reactions go for Jeff Hardy matches. I, I, I just see him as somebody who always manages to engage his his fans even by doing the same things over and over. But I agree. I thought it was a pretty by-the-numbers match from these two. Nothing, nothing really no, to go out of your way to watch. Overall, I kind of found the go-home segment in this program to be rather skippable didn't really do a whole lot to heighten the interest going to hell in a cell. I think both these guys kind of got their big angles out of the way earlier on. Um, so, you know, I think even just reminding us of, of that that uh, that ear-pulling uh, stuff might have probably
1: done more than what we saw here. Man, Jeff should have pierced Randy Orton's ear on TV tonight. He's got to save that for the cell. Shinsuke Nakamura was in an interesting role on this show as the setup guy, as the U.S. champion for this program. They really haven't done anything
0: with Nakamura in this U.S. belt. He was teasing this, like, United States of Nakamura thing or, wh- or whatever he was doing. Nakamor- America, I believe. Yeah,
1: that's right. They haven't revisited that since the first promo. No, nothing's really come of it. So, I mean, that's one of the problems is when you're doing these, these B pay-per-views that are shorter in length... You see the long list of guys that just don't have any programs going into this. Like we have no Kevin Owens on the show, no Finn Balor, no Shinsuke Nakamura, and the list goes on. Like there's, you know, pretty, pretty long list of guys that you just, you don't have time to get everyone on this show. Bobby Lashley isn't on the show. It's just, it's a numbers game.
0: Yeah.
1: Kayla is backstage with The Miz and Maurice. I think Dasha is not on SmackDown anymore. Where is she then? Is she she on Raw? I haven't seen her on either Raw or SmackDown for a long time. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll try and find out. But Kayla here is with the Miz and Maurice. This is Maurice's first singles match in seven years tonight. She says it took Daniel Bryan three years to come back. She only needed five months after giving birth. (laughs) I thought that was a great line. (laughs) You're lazy, Daniel. (laughs) Miz asks, what do they call Daniel and Bree?" And Kayla is so quick to answer, the yes couple? The yes couple. Miz calls them the sure couple, as in sure I'll marry him. We can't do any better. And Miz calls it a marriage of convenience, Although it's not so convenient for Bree, who's had to come back to work to help make money for them because Brian's off picking berries and reading books about saving the environment. Mm. Wow. I wish more people were concerned about the environment. Miz is just uh, deplorable.
0: Uh, You know, I'll say kind of on the promo front, I, I've i been, I mean, closing angle aside, which I thought was excellent. I was, I've been a little disappointed, to be honest
1: with you. I think, I think, you, you know, when they. With became, what? with with this program oh this program has not hit uh, daniel bryan to me i can't remember him being this low since maybe god before he won his first well, world title in 2011 nah, i don't know but the the big cast thing i, I wasn't a big fan of uh but, he's he he feels lower to me than than then really but, but I think there was the, at least the freshness of his return at that point
0: but i think the potential for this program should have been so much bigger for this match meaning like i think you and i both talked about uh the, the total bella's bullshit idea uh of them actually going oh, yeah they never segments. did that no yeah and um, i mean i guess they could still do it but i mean it would, it would be for this match i feel like you would have done it um and beyond that like they have some great material to work with but certainly it hasn't reached the height i i would say of uh their last match
1: aj styles was shown earlier today in an empty arena he says that samoa joe knows his weak spot is losing his temper Joe brought his wife and daughter into this. And he says, I know a lot about Joe, too. Joe has a family, but I would never mess with another man's family because I have integrity, and that's my strength. Joe's strength is running his mouth and intimidation, and he's a piece of shit, but he catches himself. The guy could have just said, dude, this is a pre-tape. You can swear. And he calls him a piece of garbage. He says, when the bell rings... That he's going to have the upper hand, and he's going to show Joe how phenomenal he really is, because this is the house that AJ Styles built, and it isn't for rent, and it isn't for sale.
0: Yeah, so we know the WWE loves dog analogies and ownership analogies, house analogies. I think these are the two things Vince McMahon probably has, is most familiar with outside of wrestling. Owning property and dogs, perhaps uh good stuff i I thought I like these empty arena promos.
1: It gives them a serious vibe. yeah, this was uh a fine promo with more to come later with Joe's rebuttal. I like how they give equal time to everybody on these shows like there's always a response to someone next week. we've got the Undertaker responding to triple h um yeah, it's like um it's like seeing like um uh, the delivered. It's like, it's like uh, you know, uh, candidates during an election. Got to give equal time. Kayla was with Charlotte backstage. She requested a match with Sonya Deville tonight because she thrives on competition. And she doesn't talk about it like Becky does. And she's going to teach Becky it's easier to talk the talk than walk the walk this Sunday. And then my favorite uh, advertiser in the history of WWE advertising, Control GX, the first shampoo with a brain had a feature on Seth Rollins, who this week is the smartest wrestler. The smartest wrestler, okay. This shampoo, I need to try this. Um, okay, yeah. This this product has opened my eyes to advertising as a whole. Like, be so ridiculous that you just can't help but not be curious. Do you use shampoo? Because you don't... You shaved your head. Yeah, I don't I don't really uh that's a good point. I don't really use shampoo. I'm going to grow my hair out just to try control GX. <laughs> okay, good. The first shampoo with a brain. If anyone's used it, I, I would love to hear. Uh if you if you feel more intelligent as a result. Is it a placebo effect? Please let us know.
0: We gotta come up with something for this podcast.
1: What, a shampoo sponsor? Oh,
0: a tagline. Oh. If you listen the f- to post wrestling, you will become more
1: rich you'll have lots of money the the first wrestling podcast without a brain okay yeah they had a long raw recap on the roman reigns braun Strowman stuff they is it just me do you sense that they're more so trying to promote each show significantly more like there's a lot of you know Raw integration on SmackDown and vice versa now.
0: I didn't see this as them promoting the other show, but more so promoting these joint pay-per-views and finding Mm -hmm. ways to, you know, um, I I think there's still still probably a lot of people out there that might not watch SmackDown, that watch Raw, or maybe to a lesser degree, vice versa, uh, that I think, you know, like if you're trying to sell this pay-per-view, you got to sell some of these top matches, and uh, how are you going to tell people that Ronda Rousey is going to be on your pay-per-view if not by doing something like this?
1: Charlotte Flair took on Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose was in her corner. Phillips mentioned Charlotte is 18-2 and two in pay-per-view singles matches. I think for the right. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, that was a... Uh, at one time, that was a marketable streak that yeah. people were really getting into. And then she lost out of nowhere at a random fast lane pay-per-view. And yes. it ended. Yeah. That was yeah. a year ago, wasn't it? Or, or more? That was over a year ago. We are in the the state where the other streak ended earlier this year with Oscar, right, yes, Sonia pulled Charlotte's hair, and then Charlotte staggered away into the corner and Corey just said nothing fancy about that. I didn't know what happened here. There was a sunset flip that got stopped. Charlotte drove her f- face first into the mat with a knee, and then Mandy distracted. Charlotte still lands a big boot. they go through a commercial. DeVille hit a spine buster, went for a triangle, and then Charlotte tried to lift her up from the triangle setup and was going to bounce her off the top rope into the mat, but this bounce did did not go off well, and Charlotte just had to like lift her up and adjust and then slam her down, applied the figure eight, and then DeVille tapped out.
0: No, I mean, it, unfortunate. Uh, I think that little spot... Um I thought the match was fine overall. I think DeVille has been looking pretty good in there, uh, considering, I think, her 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 level of experience. So,
1: yeah, this was okay. Yeah, it had, had its hiccups. Charlotte is taking some selfies with fans. And then a mysterious fan attacked Charlotte. And it's Becky wearing a wig and glasses. She attacked Charlotte on the ramp, applied the disarmor, and says the title is coming back to her Sunday. And Tom Phillips... With his stats mentioned, it was two years ago today. Becky last won the women's title. She last won. Wow. And then, uh, yeah,
0: Becky and her, I think as she's walking up the ramp, says two years has been too long, too. So Yes. I think Becky has just been so cool as this badass anti-hero character. I mean, doing something like this, again, it really straddles the line between, you know, doing things that some people will consider heelish, but I think to a... you're more. Uh, they were chanting audience. for her at the end of this, like yeah. they were. They were like, into an older audience will see this and be like, "Man, that is so cool!" It's the exact same thing we see Chris Jericho do all the time, uh, like dressing up as Pentagon and then, like. By the way, did you hear that podcast? It's insane. What an incredible story that is of Jericho um, flying from uh, whichever town his, his band was touring in, getting into Chicago, sneaking through a fan, getting a fan to delete a photo that that uh, who caught him on the plane and then he's
1: landing as zero hour has already begun so he thought he'd be safe like all the fans are going to be at the arena and this one guy wearing a bullet club shirt is on the plane and took a photo of him tried to sneak a photo of him and he was going to post this online and the guy i guess jericho's buddy that he was with with fozzy went up and got him to delete the photo
0: I don't want to spoil the story because I think Jericho and his uh, co-host do a great job of, of do, uh, covering it. Just listen to the latest talk is Jericho. It's it's fantastic. But, I mean, doing something something like that, I know the guy's supposed to be heel. But, man, it's a total babyface move. Of course. To a big section of the audience, at least. So, uh, Becky continues to, to just be this great anti-hero character. Dare I say,
1: perhaps even the Aqua of the women's division. Oh, let's not go too far here. I mean... Maybe she will become a cartoon hero after winning Ooh. this title on Sunday. I think as well, watching this, Becky could totally pull off black hair. I think so, too. Like, I've, I kind of feel like this new character calls for a bit of
0: a change in look. And whether that's, like, a different hairstyle or even a different hair color. Um, I think she, could, she. there's very little she could do wrong right now. Uh, and I'm surprised because, like, as soon as she turned heel, I, I feel like it was so, like, not what I would have expected but the way they've done it now it it
1: seems like it totally works they learned and adjusted and i think it's working like in many ways this is like the match i'm most looking forward to both with how they booked this match how the crowd reacts Mm -hmm. to these two and 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 what they do with them like i I think this has been a really good story yeah so how do you uh, we'll get to that in our preview we're going to preview the matches at the end sure all right everyone sit back this was an aqua level, but goddamn, this was really good. Samoa Joe sits down for a bedtime story. This is shot in the back. We've got like uh like little like nursery rhyme music that's playing, if that's a term. And he has a book. This is like an actual book. And I feel like I should just throw this over to you to describe like was this like after effects? Like this was I thought this was one of the best WWE video packages I've seen in years.
0: So, yeah, they have like Samoa Joe uh, sitting down telling us a story with this physical book that Samoa Joe has written. By the way, oh my God. it starts off with a photo of the back of the book. And it's a photo of Samoa Joe uh, as the author wearing like a suit, just looking corny as hell, but hilarious. The storybook is called Night Night AJ. He starts flipping through the book and then we cut into like a close up of the book, and then we actually start to see um, footage, it kind of filtered into like this kind of uh, animated style. Uh, it it it's it wasn't as fancy as I'm making it out to sound, but like for a backstage three minute video, quite a bit of work was put into this, and and I thought it was
1: great. He had that that cut on his forehead that he had last week, so I'm wondering if they shot this last week, the sit down part, and. worked on this over over the last week because this took some effort like this was not something you just threw together today Mm -hmm. yeah like this was a really well done video package it explained the feud very different for a wwe video uh i i love this i i thought this was just great
0: it was just really well written very well produced very well edited and very well performed so uh i i really wish we got more of these whoever uh Whoever I think is producing these, it's just so unusual. I think for WWE television because you, I, I know how much content they have to put out every single week, so you don't often see people put this much effort into one
1: single piece. And uh, like they wrote out a children's book, oh, like I with know. the the rhyming patterns. Like yeah. they wrote they wrote out a book here explaining the feud. Yeah, it was really well done.
0: I encourage so, everybody to at least look look up this segment online.
1: This was the best part of SmackDown for me. Yeah. Sure. I love this. It ends where he's calling AJ an arrogant fool, and Joe is the new man of the house, and the final photo is a animated photo of Joe wearing the WWE title next to Wendy and Annie. This was actually a drawing. Like, this was a drawing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was a tremendous segment. Mm-hmm. From there, we move on. Uh, They were pushing throughout the show that Brie, Bella, and Maurice was the main event tonight. They were going very hard with that. Kayla then interviewed Becky, who just says that she will break Charlotte's arm after she takes her title at Hell in a Cell. That was it. Mm -hmm. It's going to break her arm. The New Day is at their commentary table, getting set for the next tag match, and they throw to the back, and the bar is strategizing... When Kramer Kingsman, Kingston, right? They called him Kingsman. Oh, Kingsman. Okay. Yeah. He walks onto the shot and does a Vince impression as he's pronouncing hell in a cell and said that asks if they will make like expired milk and spoil everyone's fun and then threw right back to the new day. So they've, they really enjoy this character that Kofi has uh, started to portray. Maybe maybe Kofi's going to ro- uh replace Dasha
0: as Kurt Kramer Kingsman. Hmm. Uh possible. I I could take a Kramer Kingsman cameo once once a month or once every once in a while. Not
1: maybe every week, but yeah. Once in a while, sure. So they were on commentary, and we had the regular commentary, and the bar took on Rusev and Aiden English. Aiden did a big introduction for Rusev. Uh, Early on, Rusev back body dropped English over the top to land on both members of the bar on the floor. Cesaro then distracted and allowed Sheamus to drill English with his knee on the apron. And then Cesaro took one of the New Day's pancakes and just threw it away. They got the advantage on Aiden for a long time, went through a commercial. Sheamus runs into the shoulder, uh, into the post shoulder first. Rusev gets the tag. He comes in, spinning heel kick, then pops up. Cesaro lands with a knee, the accolade gets applied, Sheamus breaks it up, Rusev then runs into an uppercut, the bar hits a double DDT, but Rusev kicks out of that, and then Sheamus is setting up for the brogue kick on Rusev, and then Aiden runs in, shoves Rusev away, and he takes the brogue kick, but Rusev is able to capitalize hitting the machka kick to pin Sheamus, and they win, so they will challenge the New Day on Sunday at Hell in a Cell.
0: Hmm. Continuing that kind of Aiden English redemption story of him now being totally um an effective I think uh, member of Rusev Day sacrificing himself in order to uh, let Rusev get the victory uh, get let them get the victory really. So I thought a pretty hot match. You know, I the result I think kind of surprised me. I would have expected them to go with the heels here against the New Day, but either way, I think it works. I'm I'm actually kind of just happy to see some fresh blood in the tag team division finally after um. I feel like so many weeks of um, kind of the same thing.
1: Our truth came out with Carmela, who is now part of his, uh, his act to take on Andrade Cien Almas almost did this great cartwheel backflip to drop our truth with this kick. Truth then blocked a suplex, hit a gourd buster. Uh, Both uh, Andrade and Zelina did the tranquilo pose on the rope and apron. And then Carmella grabbed Zelina Vega, pulled her to the floor. And this distracted R-Truth, who got rolled up by Almas, who grabbed onto his shorts to pin him in 231. Brief match, but I think for what it was, it
0: was pretty good, in particular Andrade. But I think real credit, too, to R-Truth for, you know, really kind of stepping up from obscurity into being involved in I feel what is turning into a decent little undercard
1: program and then Kayla was backstage with Oscar and Naomi shows up she said I appreciate you having my back last week but why Oscar says she can't understand the iconics accent <laughs> very funny uh
0: and i think lets you know that she and the company are very self-aware that a lot of oscar's promos have not really hit because of the difficulty in understanding her accent so uh, i think that little self-aware joke is is very welcome
1: and and it worked nobody's ready for oscar's english naomi tells her that she has sass and can feel the glow Asuka misinterpreted this and said, I go and started to walk away. And Naomi corrected her. And then Asuka mentioned teriyaki, which Naomi happens to like as well. No, and they no, bonded. No, no, no. No, no, what? No, no.
0: Please Asuka, correct me.
1: Asuka said,
0: Kagayaki, which through my Google Translate searching <laughs> means glow. So she, Asuka realized, oh, glow, uh, Kagayaki. And Naomi thought she said teriyaki. So, I think what makes this work in 2018 because it's very easy to like have a ah oh, Japanese person doesn't understand English type of gimmick. But I think what makes this work is that you have the American, the English speaker, being just as confused about the other language. So uh, it's showing ignorance and and ma- on both ends. Uh, I think you know if you're looking for the NXT winning streak type of Asuka, you're probably going to be disappointed at this type of characterization. But I think if you're like me and you've just kind of given up on that and just want to see Asuka being given some type of compelling storyline so that she could be on TV, I think this works. Sure. I, I kind of found this to be like, I mean, this is like a gender-swapped rush hour, isn't it? You know, you have like two kind of very unlikely uh, uh, pairing pe- paired people. I think their looks totally match with the neon Neither are doing anything significant right now. And I think personality-wise, the two could be actually be, be an odd couple with somewhat of a
1: unique chemistry. So I, I look forward to seeing what these two can do. I think it's just the over-reliance on the odd couple theme that it's just... Mm-hmm. Okay, Oscar and Naomi are the latest. We've got R Truth and Carmella. Uh, not all that long ago, that's how the bar set up, and now we've got Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. And it just see, but they're only goes...
0: they're only odd couples at the beginning, you know. Odd couples can turn into actual uh couples with chemistry. That's what I think Cesaro and Sheamus were. That's you know what a lot of tag teams start off as.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just it's it's the underlying comedy of where I see. It's just such a, a go to for so many characters that again we we've talked about like just SmackDown is not as as kind of uh full of the the undercard comedy characters that I feel that's that's fifty percent of raw um right. right there. That it's just uh I, you know, it's something for Asuka, but I think sometimes we just our expectations are so low that just anything becomes uh, a positive. And I, I think it's a really It's quite the indictment that this is where they got with Asuka after a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're talking about, you know, a product that they just don't seem to do well with wrestlers that are purely over because of their wrestling. And instead, I think on the main roster, they look for for better or worse. They look for people. They look for personality and the ability to cut their type of scripted promo before uh, ability and ring. And unfortunately, Oscar isn't able to do one of one of
1: those. Although I think perhaps but look feels... what she did with this. Imagine reading this promo on paper and how these two were able to at least take so like on paper. I, I couldn't imagine being a performer reading this and saying, "How do I make this entertaining?" It's tough, and, yeah. And Oscar, I thought did a great job with it. Uh, exactly. So I think it takes this type
0: of writing. Somebody be it being in there with Oscar like a Naomi, who she can bounce back back and forth with that that might be uh the type of formula that that they need to to make something like this work
1: final match our main event Bree bella against Maurice. bree has got a new shirt that reads yes mode yeah brian brian has it too so i guess maybe that's the name of their tag team yes mode i like yes. it more than um the yes couple the yes couple uh, before the match began, we had some mixed match challenge promos for next week with Kevin Owens and Natalia. The text promos are back on the screen. Owens doesn't like the Team Paw's name, and then we had Bliss and Strowman, who stated after they beat Team Paws they are going to go all the way.
0: Yes, all the way. Yes, teasing that um
1: that flirtatious relationship between those two. And next week on Raw, The Undertaker responds to Triple H as our weekly diss track uh, continues to build up this Australia match. Yeah, They'd be
0: terrible, I think, at making plans together, like having to wait a week for replies. Come on. Like, imagine wow. taking a week to respond to a text.
1: Do you imagine if The Undertaker was on the Mixed Match Challenge doing those promos? Oh, him and Michelle. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So the match starts. Maurice just immediately goes to the floor. She keeps teasing going in, but she won't. She's avoiding Brie. She got on the mic, uh, Brie, and called Maurice a coward. So Miz comes back, asking the crowd, Do you think we're cowards? They all cheered. He put over Maurice as being one of the longest reigning Divas champions ever. Brie and this city don't deserve this match, and they're going to leave. We'll see you on Sunday. Brie runs after Maurice, brings her back. And then Miz distracts, allowing Maurice to super kick Bree. Bree then grabs her by the arm, goes for the yes lock. Miz drags Bree to the floor. The DQ is called. Brian attacks Miz, and they go into the ring. And Brian gets tossed through the ropes and takes out Bree on the floor. Miz then attacks from behind, sends Brian into the steps, and then Bree comes back. She fights off Maurice, threatens the Miz, and. They're teasing the the French Kiss DDT when Brian returns, attacking Miz with the kicks in the corner with all these crazy cuts. Because every time Brian hits a kick, they've got to go the opposite angle. Uh, he yells, "Don't touch my wife!" He teases punching Miz, but then Bree punches the Miz in the face, and Brian and Miz Brian stan- uh, and Bree stand tall here in the ring to end the show. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, by the end of this, I didn't need to see the match. I'm done. <laughs> like the even well, like brian taking out brie it was like for what point she was down for a minute she's up they fought back they fight them off i agree yeah i I don't know if you needed i think a closing shot of the hero standing
0: in triumph but i think that i mean it could very well it's most likely leading to the heels winning at the pay-per-view don't you think isn't that the wwe rule oh so this continues yes not With the Bryan tag team but
1: brian and miz
0: yeah oh. I, I'm done with the field. Didn't feud. they already like, announce
1: something for, for Australia? They're doing Australia. You're yeah. right. Yeah, they're doing Australia in a number one contenders match.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're right. It's going to continue and it probably will be Miz winning. And then Brian's got a kind of makes a uh, little sense that Brian loses a second time and then he's in a number one contenders match for the championship. But they can make anything make sense. Sorry, what's what's that? What's the number the one? Australia show is a number one contenders match, so the one oh. winner gets a future title shot. Okay, interesting.
0: Well, uh, you know, I I, I feel like um, they must have had a lot of confidence. I think in this closing segment to to like advertise Brie Bella versus Maurice as your main event of SmackDown, uh, and I think you know maybe um, the the the. the like, the, the the true, maybe the backstory of this uh, match might be something that I'm sure total divas or bellas might be covering. The story of two new mothers getting into the ring together for the first time since having kids. I think that's a real, again, a very real story that I kind of look forward to seeing them talk about. Um, I, I really actually, I thought this was effective, man. I thought, like, the match really didn't go along at all. Instead, it just served as a backdrop for the angle. I thought Miz cut, like, a really great promo. I think pulling Brie out of the ring, leading to Brian freaking out and attacking the Miz for putting his hands on his wife, really worked. And, like, I think in ring, this was the hottest segment of the entire show.
1: Wow. Uh, the uh, crowd did was into it. So? Yeah. The, the, no, the audience was into this. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't just... I guess beyond the Joe-style uh, stuff, I just didn't feel like this, this go-home show really amplified my interest in a lot of these programs um yeah i agree
0: i'll say that but i thought this segment was an exception because i mean i feel like going into this show i kind of felt like the segment or this this feud has been kind of cold um colder than i think the the potential it had but i thought this segment was really strong Mm -hmm.
1: well let's let's see what everyone else had to say about this uh tonight's poll ranking smackdown we got a 6.56 significantly higher ranking than raw did Mm -hmm. double more so let us go and start with brandon from oshawa man people are, are complaining that brandon from
0: oshawa always starts well then get there earlier let's start from the bottom how about that
1: okay you start
0: let's go to peter from long island not so much a Smackdown review, but I wanted to thank John for sharing his story on Aqua. I also brought back It also brought back all the memories I had of watching much music in the early to late 90s. I actually remember Prozac and their music videos, Milo the big guy playing guitar, and Simon the timid meek one. This all brought back memories of the Much Music Electric Circus and the Top 30 Countdown. Groups like the Headstones, the Tea Party, I'm Mother Earth, and Matthew Good always being on, as these artists were virtually nowhere on MTV here in the States. Having Much Music Canada here in New York was kind of like a new world of music for me. And John's story was a great trip down memory lane. I even get a kick out of the few times you brought up Serial Joe. I must say I'm not an Aqua fan, but I've had the same experience with groups that I thought I long missed out on. And then decades later, they came back, and it's an experience you can't even describe. So thank you again, John, for sharing.
1: Well, thank you, Peter. This is the SmackDown feedback here, so not really (laughs) appreciated at all. I'm only kidding. MJ writes, it's clear to me that Raw serves as a show to create video packages and SmackDown is a weekly wrestling show. Question, when SmackDown is on Fox, do you see them doing the Triple H taker type promos and builds on the bigger, more visible network? Or will Raw always be the A show, even if it draws less eyeballs and isn't stumbled upon by the forgotten fan? I I don't like this idea of like the A show, B show, because these shows are at such enormous levels now with what they are generating that I can't see either show being just a throwaway um, secondary show. I think that both are going to, Raw is always going to be um, their flagship show. And SmackDown to me is the product that has the ability to create new fans uh, at a much higher rate than Raw is going to because of how accessible it's going to be on Fox. That I, I think both are A shows and that's how each should be presented next year
0: but what do you see the stars ending up on you know does one star have the brock lesnar's and ronda rousey's and her roman reigns where the other
1: doesn't or do you see more of an equal share i think you're going to see talent on both shows i think you're seeing the the beginnings of that now like they are very much relaxing who shows up on which show and it it doesn't make any sense to me that you would keep people off fox and have like i just don't see them going to to fox with this current setup um, the, the brand split does not really work for what they're attempting to do with these new TV deals, which should be to create as many new fans as possible and draw them in. And someone like a Ronda Rousey being exclusive to Raw, I don't think serves that purpose. It's it's
0: an interesting thing to think about because I think they have more talent than ever. Yet, if they are going to end this brand
1: split, it seems like they'll have less airtime time than ever it's It's a problem, like there's no hard and fast rule that you have to have someone on both shows every week um you know there's there's ways to do it, but i mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if you had this rigid uh separation of the rosters between both shows that you know they're gonna want to have all hands on deck when they're 'cause they they need Fox to be successful. I don't think they want that kind of um public embarrassment of not having a high enough number and they get shifted over to FS1 after eight months or something like that. Mm-hmm. We go to Chris who says a month from now, when I think back to this week's
0: five hours of raw and Smackdown, I'll probably remember Foley and his great promo. And I'll definitely remember that amazing Joe promo. And that's about it. Both raw and Smackdown were rather lackluster for go home shows. I have to admit, I'm not all that excited about hell in a cell. Hopefully it'll under and overdeliver, But lately
1: that hasn't been happening. Jalen from Pickering, I guess the WWE must have been paying Paul Heyman the big bucks because now that he's gone, they seem to be able to give a lot more people, a lot more people managers. I do genuinely enjoy those pairings on SmackDown as they each feel distinct from one another and refreshing as they become more open to intergender interactions. Almost continues to be a highlight and I think he could do great things if given a strong run run with the United States title, which unfortunately Nakamura is not doing. SmackDown has a lot of characters and feuds clicking right now, so no complaints. The U.S. title, I mean, I think it's,
0: I just, I, it all like de- depends. Like, what an insignificant title. It all depends what they do with, with it, right? Like, Nakamura, I think, has a lot of potential, too, but they choose not to focus on him for whatever reason. Cien, um, even if he wins the title, could very much fall into that same spot. So, it, yeah, anyway, we'll see. We got a Brendan from California who says, At first, I wasn't sure how I felt about that story time with Samoa Zeus. Somehow Seuss bit. But I suppose it does fit with the approach Joe has been taking in the feud. I really love that tag match. That finish was so good. Everyone in this match did great, but it really shows how underrated Aiden is. His current character is whatever on its own, but he's a pretty good worker and great on his team. I'm not sure if this build up or this I'm not sure if this matchup will be as good as New Day versus the Bar would have been, but here's the opportun- there's the opportunity for something interesting there, and I'm excited to see what we get. I was all on board this current thing with Truth and Carmella. I hope they didn't put this pair down already. They could be a fun piece to fit in with somebody. No, I don't think that's over at all. We go to, uh, he says, are you guys going to be reviewing the Mayon Classic? No,
1: we won't. No, no. You got to tune into Forever Young for that one. Yep, they're going to be reviewing it each and every week on uh, Up Next, Forever Young. So download that Thursdays. Last one here, Brandon from Oshawa. Man. Man. event. God, he's got us getting in right here at the buzzer. Why is it that the women can beat the shit out of the men, but the men can't do anything to the women? I do get the whole man-on-woman violence thing, but it goes two ways. Just because you don't hear about it as much doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It really looked for a moment that Miz was going to do something to Brie, but of course, it was the other way around. I actually think a skull-crushing finale on Brie could have added some heat to this match. I enjoy the different things. Oh, I'm so glad we didn't start with this
0: one. (laughs) You're you're talking about something, Brandon, that like is a much bigger issue than I I I really want to get to on this show. I just I don't know. It's it's just it, on a simple level, I think the WWE is just abiding by the rules that are set for them, uh, and they're allowed to do a woman punching a man, but they're not allowed to do a man punching a woman. Um, there morally, I think there are other 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 discussions to be had about it but i think uh, that's a simple answer
1: yeah it's i think that they had a pretty good grasp on it but once you're introducing these uh, like more of these these matches where you you know it's one thing to do these these mixed matches where it's it's laid out men versus men women versus women and then when you're starting to do spots with the women attacking the men like you're kind of opening yourself up to like is it really worth it to be doing this um because i think you are going to get people that are are looking at like like what is this um what what is the ultimate uh goal of this The ultimate goal is to get a big reaction for the spot I guess i guess that's it um and then you have to come up with creative ways then for someone like The Miz, to get heat on Brie Bella, which tonight they kind of did, where Brie's throwing th- or Brian's throwing through the ropes to take her out. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of negated that immediately. Yeah, I thought that could have been a way to like almost end the show, is that Brian here, through his rage against Daniel Bryan, ended up getting uh, his wife knocked down to the floor.
0: Is that the story they're telling, though? Like, Brian being so blinded by rage?
1: I don't know what the story is anymore, because they have... Th- They've like gotten the better of Miz and Maurice, and I don't even know what the grudge is anymore. Well, they haven't won the match. I
0: think Brian still wants to punch Miz in the face, and now I think Bree wants to punch Miz in the face too, which she has. Um. Anyway, I I think the goal is just for them to win the
1: match. He adds, I enjoy the different things SmackDown does from Raw. I like the second empty arena promo in two weeks. I like the story time with Joe, and I like the stolen Jericho New Japan angle with Becky Lynch. That was excellent. I thought Nakamura would really bring something to the U.S. title picture, but it's almost been brought down since he won it. Asuka really needs a mouthpiece. I'm sure Akira Tozawa needs a second income. Adds here, All the talk has been Charlotte Ronda for Mania, but how hot... With how hot Becky is right now, could you see any possibility of Becky and Ronda for WrestleMania? The armbar versus armbar could be an intriguing story, I think.
0: I don't see it. I think they have this earmarked for, for a long time now uh, between Charlotte and Ronda. Like, Charlotte is the one going out there and doing all the public appearances. Becky isn't. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why so many audience, so many fans are so into Becky right now, because she is not the chosen one. Uh, But I don't think they will diverge from that. I see Becky more kind of in your um, February pay-per-view or B show or even a
1: rumble rumble spot if she is to have a Ronda match. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for your feedback, including Brandon from Oshawa. Shall we go Uh, through the card? Yeah, let's go through this card for Hell in a Cell coming up on Sunday. Let me just uh, pull this up here. We are in San Antonio, Texas on Sunday night. Will we get a, a Shawn Michaels appearance on this show? He doesn't even live in San Antonio, so I would say oh, no. Oh, yeah. He's in Florida. Yes. All right. Uh, let's start with the aforementioned Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus Miz and Maryse. Um Yeah, I could very well see Miz winning this, and then it builds up to one final match with Bryan and, and Miz in Australia.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Babyfaces can win, too, and then uh, Miz just kind of gets his heat back some other way, but I think I see more so the clear...
1: Um, victory from the heels this is like the first time for a preview I feel I need to have the next pay-per-view card up in front as well <laughs> Did guess how many matches they've announced for Australia um I don't know five ten what more than like this the whole one? cards like laid out already wow they've got 10 matches listed here for Australia wow amazing okay so only eight this Sunday AJ Styles Samoa Joe who are also having a rematch in Australia. So, I mean, interesting. Uh, I don't
0: think we see a title change. It doesn't feel like it's time for it, but maybe i
1: I think we do, actually, if yeah. you're doing Australia. Like, how do you do a third match when AJ's... I mean, I guess you could do another disputed finish, but, man, is that going to fall on deaf ears on Sunday if you do another one? Joel could just continue to threaten the family, but you know what? Like, if...
0: I would not be against the Samoa Joe victory at all. I think um but I would hate to see Joe just drop it back in Australia for a one month reign.
1: No, I think if he wins it he's getting a run with it. Yeah. Maybe I think he, he wins should. it. I really think he should. I mean, maybe he wins it and then on Smackdown he says, "AJ, if you want this rematch, you get your your mandatory rematch, but you're going to have to fly and leave your family to go to Australia <laughs> to great. try and win it back." Oh, I think that's awesome. <laughs> the New Day versus Rusev and Aiden English. Do we get a breakup with Rusev and Aiden? Maybe does English finally snap on Rusev? Mm.
0: Um, where does that go? I guess a match between the two. Well, let me first check what their match is at Australia.
1: So I they are not booked yet. It. Actually, let's look. If Okay. Are the it feels, New Day it booked? feels like I'm looking into the future. Oh, my here. God. Dude, the New Day are on this Australia show against Cesaro and Sheamus for the tag titles. The so Cesaro and Sheamus lost this tournament, but they already had a bank title shot for next month.
0: Well, I need to know where they, they only announced this this Australia show in Australia, right? I'm assuming on TV. They've announced matches on the website. Oh, okay. Well, listen, it's a, it's a spoiler alert for these, this Australia advertising. I mean, shit. Clearly, yeah, the New Day are going in as champions.
1: Well, who knows? They can always change this stuff around. Of course it's they not, can, of course. They're not tied to any of this. Um, let's go next. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the Raw Tag Titles.
0: Yeah, uh, I think we see Ziggler and McIntyre retain, um, and I, I kind of see this program continuing.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be a really great match. I could see them, especially if they don't add many more matches to this card on Sunday. This could go a lengthy amount possible. I know you do have the two hell. Eh, maybe not. You do have the two cell matches. You have styles and Joe, um, but this should be really good. I think this is going to be a really great match between these two. I, I could see this one going either way. I could see them flipping it onto Rollins and Ambrose, um, but you are really trying to establish the, um, this heel unit with Ziggler McIntyre and Braun so I think it would be pretty nice to have the shield with all the belts as something you know that
0: you can kind of start parading around really uh, again like like make the shield feel like they are at their strongest ever with them having every title essentially are they missing any if they win this one no this would be it the cruiserweight I guess they could bring in a cruiserweight to join the shield
1: TJP Uh, TJP yeah oh man Put him in a vest. Charlotte Flair,
0: Becky Lynch. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. I'm with you, man. I think this is a a, a feud that that has worked really well. To my surprise, uh, that adjustment, I think, made all the difference in the world. And I'm looking forward to the match. I think it'll be a really hot match. Obviously, very pro Becky. Uh, Becky needs to win.
1: That's what I feel is the best for this story to continue. Mm-hmm. Is Becky wins and Charlotte is... In the role where she's chasing and has to question if she really did keep her, her best friend back yeah. through all of this. You could tell a really great story
0: here with, with these two. Well, we know they're having a rematch in Australia. They are having
1: a rematch in Australia. Yeah. So we, we do know that is, is going to be happening. <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. What is Jeff Hardy going to do? They will uh, at least battle on top of the cell, is
0: my oh belief. My God. Um I really don't want to see him jump if if I feel like I don't even want to have this conversation. So we don't even have that expectation. But I mean, when you think of Jeff Hardy, hell in a cell, you have one visual in your head
1: and that's a swanton bomb off of the cell. (laughs) And God, I just like you say that and you anticipate the response that this is a different WWE than 20 years ago. They would not allow this man to do that. I don't believe that. They just did it. Thank you like they have somehow not killed Kevin Owens uh, over the last couple of months, but it's not because of their discretion. Uh, This is a company that booked Brock Lesnar to put his elbow through Randy Orton's forehead at SummerSlam two years ago. So I, I don't put anything past them when it comes to some ridiculous stunt that I don't know. I was thinking about this Monday as well, is that you have made such a big deal about this Mick Foley match that For better or worse, you have put that front and center in people's, like, could you imagine a new fan? I know there's not too many that get created these days, but a new fan that's started watching over the last few months, and they're ready to watch Hell in a Cell, and they watch Monday's Raw. What is their expectation for what they're going to see in one of these matches? Yeah, yeah. And this is the match that you kind of have to deliver that crazy stunt. It
0: reminds me that, like, there are plenty of fans out there that that just might have never seen that Hell in a Cell match before that weren't alive when that Hell in a Cell match took place. So, um, you know, I I mean, the thing is, though, Shane just did it. Like, Shane did it twice in the past several years. So it's not like it's, like, um, completely foreign, I think, to a new fan. Like, they they have put this image into all of our heads as recent as last year. Um, I think they will tease Jeff Hardy doing something, but I think... They will stop short of doing something that crazy, as crazy as jumping off of the cell. I think they'll do something just as crazy anyway, but not hopefully to that level of uh, danger. I'm sure, like somebody like a Vince, like Vince McMahon is probably not going to allow something that crazy unless it was his son. But,
1: um, and I don't think anybody. This would was a guy that took a shoot headbutt to
0: the skull last year, but that's not jumping off of a giant structure, risking real death, right? But, you know, I don't think anybody would be disappointed if Jeff uh, fell, did, like, the the side of the cage bump or, like, some some other substitute. Uh, but I think you can expect some type of tease, um, but not necessarily going all the way.
1: Mm, I think you got to do something. I, I think that that's – it, it's almost yeah. like if they're not doing – if they don't have a great idea, then I question why this is even a Hell in a Cell match. Um I think Orton should go over. I think he's really hot at the moment, and I think Jeff can easily uh, – he loses nothing by doing something crazy that yeah. costs him the match, and maybe he's written off for a little bit after this, um, and well, I don't know where – let's take a look at the Australia oh. show to see if who, who's <laughs> just, booked next month. I don't see Randy Orton or Jeff Hardy oh, uh, okay. listed here, so this is a fresh match. Hmm. Um you know, I wonder where Randy goes after this program with Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, I've been enjoying the programs like
0: actually quite a bit, so I I, I feel like they can get another month out of it. Um, but you know, you always have Nakamura looming. I mean, I don't know if Nakamura or Orton would
1: be, really work with both of them being heels. Mm, but he's out there. Ronda Rousey, Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Title. I think it'll be Ronda um yes. because uh nikki
0: bella waits and uh should be a good match how long do you think this will be will it be more or less than 10 minutes i don't want to see them make the mistake of like having ronda sell too much i think that you know i don't i think i don't that
1: know. was not good on monday no it was like that that i think should be enough of a an eye opener that this is still a novice and this match should be Seven minutes, I would say. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good amount of the- I think that's a good wow. enough time. You can sell the rib story, but you don't want to overdo that because this this audience will lose patience with that. And I don't think Rhonda's equipped to be doing that level of selling for a prolonged period of time. Like have her sell for a bit, but then she's gotta make the big comeback and rip her arm out. Yep. Give it give us that double jointed arm. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Mick Foley is the special guest referee for the Universal title. Um Man.
0: This one's a bit tough because like typically with money in the bank cash ins, they're typically successful. And especially in the case of like a pet project of theirs like Braun Strowman, it would look really bad, I think, if he were to fail a cash in. Uh but that said, he's going up against Roman Reigns, who is Their biggest pet project. He is the big, big dog pet project. So I think I got to go with Roman.
1: I feel Roman's going to go over, but the fact that Mick Foley is inserted into this match, uh, I can see that being easy. You really think Foley's going to turn heel, eh? I think that it's – I think it's really bad storytelling if he's just in this as a babyface referee and then he disappears after that Stephanie just inserted him into this match. I think that's really poor storytelling. So you think Foley's so, going to have a run as a heel manager? Um, I don't know if it's going to be a heel manager, but he is used as a pawn here by Stephanie to – like he is he is working on Stephanie's behalf, and that's why he's been added to this match. Hmm. Interesting. Um. But I don't know how much you can do with McFoley. Yeah, it's a weird person to have in there that you can't really, um, you can't do a whole lot with McFoley. I think physically, I also think
0: he'll be ineffective as a heel in any in any way because I think the crowd will
1: will just love him too much. He's too beloved. He he is. I do feel he could do a a decent heel character. Hmm. You know, I left and you people just moved on to the next general manager. You you embrace Kurt Angle before I even walked out the door. I I drove my body to unbelievable pain, falling off that hell in a cell, yeah. and you people just forgot about me the second I was gone. Wouldn't it be great if like
0: he cut like a recent version of the Kane Dewey promo with Dewey Foley writing it? Like oh he should God. bring Fo- Dewey
1: out because yeah, isn't he be... still
0: isn't he still doing stuff? Yeah, he 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 works there. Yeah.
1: He works in Stanford. Yeah. Um, So I I see a possibility you could flip the title on Braun. I don't think it's the worst idea that you have Braun with this title and Roman chasing for a bit either, because your next pay-per-views you have coming up, you've got this six-man tag they're doing in Australia. Uh, Then you've got, I guess, Saudi Arabia counts, Survivor Series. Like These are not uh, shows that you necessarily need Roman uh, to be champion for. And going into Rumble season... I don't know if you want to have the title on on Roman at the, at that point. So, if you wanted to do a quick title change, you could do it. I think it's a little early though. After I, that big long build up to mm-hmm. dr- take it off him four weeks later, I don't know. I just think that you're really you you've done enough harm with Roman this year. Just maybe leave it. <laughs> done enough harm. Yeah, I agree. I,
0: I, I I'm 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 picturing a re- Roman retaining.
1: So my prediction is Mick Foley makes no sense as the referee. (laughs) Stephanie fired this man and then gave him booking power and the ability to be in this title match uh, on Sunday. So that's Hell in a Cell. I think it's going to be an interesting show. Um, I think that, you know, looking at this card, like there's not really any matches that, you know, stand out as, you know, sore thumbs or anything. I think there's there's a level of interest in all these matches.
0: I agree with you. I, I, I'll I go as far to say, uh, as to say I think maybe top half of uh, cards that maybe I've been looking forward to from the WWE this year. Like, I I feel like there have been worse WWE cards um, this year. I'll certainly take this over much of, I think, um, some of those WCW shows we've reviewed recently.
1: Well, high praise way to end the show. <laughs> I had to qualify that really hard. I like that there's eight matches. I like that I'm only looking at eight right now. I yeah. hope on Sunday I'm not looking at 13.
0: Yeah. Well, they're saving up for uh, this Australia show. What's going to be on the kickoff? Oh, good question. So I'm, I'm assuming they will have something there.
1: Um, I could see a match being at. I don't see any of these matches being put on the kickoff that we. Well, maybe the tag title match for SmackDown could end up there. Titus uh, wide, AOP. Yeah, that's, um, I think, more likely, Is they're just going to throw some matches in at the last minute that are of minor consequence. Truth and, uh, uh, what's his name? CN. Again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Hell in a Cell, everybody. We'll be live immediately after this show. If you are a double-double ice cap or espresso member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you can watch live. If not, you can just download the show. We'll we'll have it up immediately after we uh, finish recording so you can check out all of that. And what do you do now with your life? Well, look at your Look at your podcast feed right now. We've got the double shot coming up. So go listen to us. We'll we'll check you out over there. So goodbye. Good night and we'll speak with you in a minute.